1: Browns fans, aloha! Welcome to the Dogs, a Cleveland Browns podcast. So let's ho'omaka from Hale, O'Ilio. Chee hoo!
2: Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your host Blake Greniker, Zach Cox. Justin Charles and Josh All. Hey,
3: welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Podcast. Uh, We knew we said we were going to take a little bit of a break, but we couldn't wait to get this uh, season two going. So we're back in our newly renovated studio. It looks awesome. Uh, Very special guests, a couple of them and some big news. Uh, Before we get into that, remember, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, Please share the episode if you feel so obliged. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and please subscribe on YouTube. If you prefer to just listen to these majestic voices rather than look at our ugly mugs, check us out on Apple, (laughs) Spotify, Google, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Uh, To anyone looking to get their thoughts on the show, head to our website, www.thedogspodcast.com. Click the link at the bottom of the page and leave us a voicemail. This seems to be a hit so far, and we love getting them, so don't be shy. Uh, We love playing them on the show, getting your guys' thoughts, getting some reaction. It's a ton of fun, fun for us. Um, We've actually gotten some from Ireland that we're going to be playing, you know, going forward. So it's really cool. Uh, And lastly, a lot of people have been asking how they can support the show lately, uh, which we really appreciate. If you'd like to help us out, head over to glow.fm slash dogs. Any little bit helps and is super appreciated. Uh, Three bucks buys Justin a beer and God knows he could use a cold beer after the work week he typically has. (laughs) So no, but in all seriousness, any little bit helps, you know. The studio and stuff, as you can see, as we get stuff, we, you know, we put it into the show. So we, we appreciate any kind of uh, help you guys can give. Um, so as I said, we have some big news going forward for season two. Uh, we have an exciting new sponsor and you know a company you guys maybe have heard of. We are now partnered with Manscaped. NFL draft season right around the corner, it's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped the Leaders and Below the Waist Grooming have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. For all my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code dogs, DAWGS, at Manscaped.com. So head on over to Manscaped.com, get your Lawnmower 3.0 or the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with the Crop Reviver, Put a little spritz on your bits, go about your day, feel better. (laughs) Also comes with the crop preserver. You know, nobody likes a little swamp down there. You know, stay fresh. Comes with the shed. Also comes with a nice comfy pair of boxers that I'm wearing, so I'm not going to show you. So, again, manscaped.com, get your lawnmower 3.0, the perfect package 3.0, promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S.
2: Yeah, and uh, also some uh, stats. That's right. 96% of partners think bad grooming
1: is a major turnoff. So um, if you don't have a partner, you must be doing something wrong out there. And uh, 85% of partners prefer a man who's groomed below the waist. So.
3: Yeah, it's 2021, people. Get with the times. Yeah. <laughs> I think Josh over here, a uh, testimonial.
2: Testimonial, yeah. Uh, how do I put this delicately? Uh, don't have to be so delicate with the Lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. No worries. This thing is as advertised. Uh, They got that skin guard on there. I don't know what kind of technology these guys are putting together, but for the first time in my life, I didn't have to worry about anything.
3: Worry-free lawn mowing. You don't got to
2: worry about hitting no rocks. Yep. (laughs) You're not snagging anything. Yeah, yeah, it's great.
3: That's good to hear, Josh. I'm happy you're comfortable.
2: (laughs) So, I'm I'm flying late today, boys.
3: Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com, promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S. It's time to turn your team and your pants around with Manscaped. Okay, so as you guys can see, we have a couple of special guests today uh, from all the way in Hawaii. Hawaii. So we're we're at we have Lydia and how Leanos, am I saying Leanos? Okay, okay, <laughs> I was close. And Lee Shelko. So we're hey, thanks Aloha. for joining. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it, we're really excited to have you, the Honolulu Browns backers. Um, you know it's all, it's awesome to have you guys on the show. We never thought we'd reach anybody outside of our hometown, not along <laughs> all the way to Hawaii. So thank you guys for being here today.
4: Thank you for You're having
3: welcome. us. Yes. So I'm, what I'm really interested in is. Just how does a, a team like the Browns get a Browns backer club, especially the size, you know, I see on your Facebook page, you know, thousands of, of likes on your Facebook page. How does a team like the Browns get such a following all the way in Hawaii?
1: We began in 2009 as an unchartered club with four or five members. And we meandered around for about 10 years uh, just because the Browns situation, uh, and then in, 20, in late 2018, they handed over the, the helm to me, and uh, I had two directions. The first one was um, charter the club, and the second one was keep the expenses low. And the reason is it's expensive to live here. And the majority of our members and guests are military, so they don't, they don't have any money coming into the, what, our watch parties anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to make things too expensive and um we did that so uh i've been i've been communicating with josh but what we did was we actually developed a business plan and we took into consa- consideration the characteristics of the club the fact that we're in the middle of nowhere and we felt that we needed to develop a social media platform and we are on facebook me we parlor twitter gab um we're, we're all over the place and um I have to tell you that we began something. We began what I call a sisterhood chapter uh, relationships. And what's really great about being a Brownsbacker is that all you got to do is ask for help. That's all like I asked you guys for help and we're, we're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> our, our father chapter is the largest chapter on the planet. They're the Burnt River Brownsbackers out of Mentor, Ohio. And I asked Bob Pusteller and... Uh, uh, Don Baderic. and man, they just, they just gave me tons of information and tons of contacts and people to call. And I, next thing you know, I was on the phone with um, uh, people from the Browns.com and the Browns organization. And then I, uh, you guys had mentioned the Iceland Browns backers. They were the first chapter to reach out and say, hey, we, we want to be a sister with you guys too. So um, we reached out, people reached back to us, and it just kind of snowballed. We had 25,000 hits on one of our posts. So we we keep going back to social media. We keep looking for people. We've got 3,500 followers on Facebook. Um, and we just, uh, we had a business plan. We had a plan and we followed a plan and we had goals and measurable objectives. And we just kept moving forward.
3: That's awesome. I think that it just goes to show too that Browns fans are everywhere in There's nothing better than just being with more Browns fans. You know, I think this show is kind of a testament to that. We started this, you know, 40 weeks ago or whatever. We had six people listen to us, and we were probably four of them. Fast forward, we're talking to you guys from Hawaii. You know, there's just something magical about being a Browns fan and just meeting other Browns fans from wherever you go, you can find Browns fans. So that's really awesome. Um, And it's just super exciting to, to meet more Browns fans, especially in Hawaii, maybe one day you know, I'll come shuck some bananas with you or whatever.
2: <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> yeah. This is, this is the the thing that keeps blowing my mind is just how much contact we keep getting from people all over the world, you that, know, listening to this podcast. It's just, it's so cool.
3: Yeah. If you ever told me that we'd be talking to Browns backers from Honolulu, Hawaii, I would have told you, you guys are crazy. <laughs> you know? So, um,
1: I, I think part of the reason is, and we're going to start, something on our social media this year, but looking from the outside in living in Cleveland when I did um, Cleveland's a great place. It's a great metropolitan area, especially to sports. And like you said, people come together to support Cleveland sports, but there are so many alternatives to look inside from being outside and the cream rises to the crop. You guys were uh, immediately, uh, identifiable and you had a really good positive message. You never said anything that was negative and um people just they respond to that.
3: Well hey, we appreciate that. I we, we gotta help Josh out. Sometimes he gets a little negative. Just during the
2: game. Just during the game. Yeah. If you
3: saw some of these guys text messages, you
2: know <laughs> Not me. But that's why we don't yeah, do the show right custom. after the game. <laughs> yeah,
3: So we got polar opposites here on the show. Josh can get a little bit negative during the games, and it doesn't matter. We could be losing 110 to nothing. Justin's over here like, well, we'll get it back next drive. We're going to win this game <laughs> next drive. So we got a little bit of everything to offer here. Um. So when did you move to Hawaii? You said you grew up in Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I, I was military, okay. um, so I lived all over the planet. But, um, and I was a Browns fan when I was living in Turkey. Um, I moved in 2001, in the beginning of 2001. So I've been here uh, 21 years. And there's, there's two words for people who uh, have come to Hawaii. Well, first, there's local. Let me say that. Local is someone who's born here, like our vice president, and he's got Hawaiian blood and he lives here. And I'm using the pronoun his. To mean everybody so i apologize for those people that don't like that pronoun but uh, uh and then there's what they call kamaaina, and that is that means people that have been here long enough that they're almost local so i'm kama since i've been here 21 years i came here to open up a facility with the federal bureau of prisons and i've since then retired and now i work uh for the state of hawaii judiciary
3: okay okay and then i, I want to get some input from lydia here how how you know, are you involved with the Browns backers? What got you into it? You know?
4: Sure. So I am involved, uh, strictly by association knowing Lee and, uh, receiving the, uh, hometown hero award. So I got the privilege to see the Honolulu Brown backers in action and attend a game with them at the Waikiki brewing, um, downtown and, that was a game that they won, so that was really exciting to be there and celebrating with everybody and meet the, meet the whole crew. Um, but, you know, I'm not a huge NFL fan, uh, but was honored and privileged and can appreciate the sport and just love the camaraderie that usually is involved with teams and their clubs and people that love their sport and their team. And I think here in Hawaii, you really see that kind of everywhere you look. People love their teams. They really love supporting their players, and it's a cool vibe here.
3: That's awesome. Yeah, don't tell my wife, but this is life and death. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that uh, was
4: very evident to me when I watched the game uh, based on <laughs> the crowd at the bar.
3: <laughs> yeah. So you said the Hometown Hero Award. I was wondering if you could kind of expand on that a little bit. What exactly did that entail?
4: Sure. So um, I got nominated by Lee, and their club voted and accepted my nomination. Um, for the work that i do here in the community and then when i went uh and they had a cool ceremony during during the COVID era but we were socially distanced and everybody was masked up but um received a certificate and some lays and that's very hawaiian we do that here you honor people with a lay um and then some other awards some cool swag and got to celebrate and um meet a lot of people from the team and share share the work that I'm doing here in Hawaii with uh, my nonprofit, Ho'ola Napua.
3: That's awesome. That's, and it, maybe you hang out with them enough, they'll be able to convert you to a full-time Browns fan. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs> definitely. I think that was, their, that was their secret agenda is recruiting another Browns fan.
3: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Lydia, do you want to talk real quick um, and kind of explain what the nonprofit is and what the work you're doing you know, in the community? Sure.
4: Yeah, I would love to. So I work for a um, Hawaii-based nonprofit called Ho'ola Napua, which means new life for our children. And you guys can call us H for sure. If that's too hard for you to pronounce, <laughs> that's probably um, I easy. saw, I saw like <laughs> the looks on your faces. Um, so what we do is we are committed to the prevention of sex trafficking and providing care for children who have been exploited. So sex trafficking is a big problem all over our world and in Hawaii. And We are trying to raise awareness and have people recognize that the issue exists here as well as provide direct services to the children and young people that are affected by this, that have been victimized um, by this issue and also empower our community to rise up and say not on our islands and help us shine a light on this issue here. So through collaborative partnerships with law enforcement, other nonprofits, state agencies, We have education programs, so we're educating students in the schools, as well as parents, teachers, and other community providers about the issue, how to identify it, what they can do, how to um, support somebody that has been victimized, as well as we provide mentoring services to youth through our Starfish Mentoring Program. Anyone between the ages of 11 and 24 is eligible to receive a mentor, and we have found that And research shows that mentors are kind of that um, defining factor that helps children move from being a statistic to a success story when it comes to healing and recovering from traumas and trials that they've experienced in their lives. And we also have a HOKU group services that meets with children in facilities such as mental health treatment centers, shelters on island and our juvenile correctional facilities so that they're feeling supported where they're at receiving treatment And that they're connected to people that care about them and are helping them build pro-social skills. And then we also have a facility that's opening this April called Pearl Haven up on the North Shore. That'll be a residential treatment facility specifically for girls that are recovering from trafficking and exploitation. And so they'll be able to go there, live, heal, receive treatment, therapy, and then hopefully transition back to their community in a really healthy way. So that's kind of an overview of the work that we do here on island and we're based on Oahu, but we also have services on the big Island of Hawaii. And then we have, we're trying to get onto Maui and Kauai as well to provide services there.
3: That's really, that's really amazing. And I think that's kind of a, an issue that's a bigger problem. What a lot of people seem to realize even in our area, you know, you know, me and Justin kind of live up North a little bit in the can. So it's a little bit bigger, but even just down here and, you know, We're at my hometown, Dover, Philly, not big towns, but it's, it's definitely a bigger issue than anybody realizes.
2: I actually produced a 10 episode series for our local nonprofit called, um, Tusk Against Trafficking. So there's a 10, 10 episodes of their podcast that are available on our website and everything now too. Um, just trying to raise awareness about that issue just in our local community, but it does have those, you know, those factors that, you know, apply everywhere. It's kind of concepts that, yeah
4: our world and our communities are starting to be um, like woke, you know, everybody's (laughs) getting woke to the issue and is really identifying that it is happening. A lot of the myths that it's only international victims or it's only in really bad communities, those have been dispelled. And now we're recognizing this can happen to anybody, anywhere. It is happening to people that we know. It's not just What if it's happening to your kid, but it's happening to kids. So we should really be standing up and saying, like, doesn't matter if it's your kid or somebody else's kid, we got to do something. Because ultimately, people, traffickers and exploiters, pimps, they are preying on the vulnerabilities that our children and young people are um, dealing with. And so we're trying to step in through our services and meet those vulnerabilities so that they're not as vulnerable to this issue.
2: Right. And I know a big issue right now would be online. So especially with this pandemic going on, you know, you've got kids at home constantly and you know, whether they're online doing their schooling or they're playing video games, they're vulnerable to these traffickers that can groom them and, and kind of start talking to them through their video games or whatever. So parents out there, if you have kids that are, you know, Playing video games they're online a lot they got their phone in their hand all the time just be in their business that's what we were told is <laughs> be in their business
4: 100 percent. part of our education program is a lot of teaching online safety how to change your apps so that your privacy settings are good and really engaging parents in yeah it's your job to be in their business because predators are sliding into their dms because they have little computers in their hands through their phones it does make them so much more accessible to these unsafe people and kids are naive, right? Like they, they think that they know because as teenagers, most of the time they know it all anyways, but you have to kind of give them that education because knowledge is empowering. Right. And so we want to, we don't want to scare them. We want to be like, Hey, this is the reality. And here's what we can do to stay safe. Parents stay engaged, but also recognize that the pandemic didn't slow down this evil traffickers and predators didn't stop, you know, trying to meet up with kids or stop any of their tactics just because there was a pandemic going on and the internet and everybody going virtual really actually gave them a lot more access than I think they had before.
2: Yep. Yep. So Lee, do you want to kind of explain the hats off to heroes this, this award and kind of talk about where it originated and just kind of give that background.
1: Sure. So, um, uh, our owners, the Cleveland Browns owners, and you notice I use the word our, that's our fan <laughs> ownership. Um, Dee and Jimmy Haslam uh, immediately going into the COVID-19 contingency, the pandemic contingencies. They they noticed that there's, there's a need to recognize people in the community that significantly contribute toward assisting people with pandemic uh, instances they created a thing called Hats Off to Heroes. And the whole idea of the Hats Off to Heroes was, uh, well, you know what? If you win, we'll give you two free tickets to watch a Browns game in person. Well,
2: That does you guys a lot of good. Getting that. <laughs> right. again, so that does <laughs> you a lot of good.
1: Well, okay. So <laughs> what we did was we immediately got together, the, the, the officers, and we decided, you know what? We want to do this. We want to recognize somebody locally we know it's going to be cost prohibited to go to Cleveland and you have to be a resident of the state of Ohio. So that's why we renamed it to our hometown hero. Um, There were a number of uh, nominations, but Lydia, again, the cream rises to the the top and uh, Lydia ultimately was our nominee. We forwarded a packet, which was reviewed by Corey Kinder, who's the Browns backers worldwide liaison officer for the Cleveland Browns. Of course, um, Lydia is not a resident in the state of Ohio, so, but we honored her in our own way. Especially, um, we we got her a hoku which is a crown lei, and and we we she had flowers from the shirt all the way up to her neck. So she was she was dolled out, was and awesome. then everybody everybody brought something. She, you had a mask, and you had a you, you had like a necklace, and you had dog bones, and yeah. And so it was pretty great, but. She's very humble in her assessment of what she does. I mean, she climbs under bridges. She goes to homeless shelters. She goes to places that uh, the police don't normally go. And and her organization, whom I've worked with for nine years, they have this philosophy. And it's, okay, this is not working. Try something else. And, okay, well, that didn't work. Try Just don't give up. That's their whole philosophy. Don't give up. Um, Einstein of course said, if you keep trying the same thing over and over again, you're looking for different results. That's the definition of insanity, but with Lydia, it works and (laughs) she's just so fantastic. Uh, so we wanted to make sure that we converted that hats off to heroes to our hometown hero.
3: That sounds awesome. And we're really happy, you know, we could do our part to help, you know, recognize her and get her organization's name out there for people to hear, um, any little bit, you know can help them out as well. And you're, you know, like you said, you're helping children. I have, I don't have any kids myself, but I have nieces, I have nephews, you know, and I know, you know, I want them to grow up in a safe world.
4: Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, if you do live in the state of Hawaii, you can become a volunteer with us. If you're outside the state of Hawaii and you're um, just hearing about our organization for the first time, or you're hearing about sex trafficking for the first time, like do some research, go online, We have lots of articles and stuff. Our webinars are actually available to everybody. So you don't have to live in Hawaii to get the education that we offer for online safety, for how to identify, understanding risk factors and vulnerabilities. And even um, our education program manager, Tim, he um, does a webinar specifically for men. Uh, it's called Guy Talk, and it's about understanding the role that men play in the problem, but also the huge role that you guys play in the solution, which I think is really cool um, and reengaging for, for the men in our communities and around the world. Um, during COVID, I mean, we kept going out, providing care packages and adapting because we knew that our kids needed people to show up for them and to and to give support and to be there. And so we were doing a lot of really creative, interesting things to to provide care during the pandemic. Um, But the one thing that I'm really passionate about is our mentoring program. And so if you do live in the state of Hawaii and you are over the age of 21 and you're able to make your commitment, we're looking for mentors to provide mentoring to our youth because that makes a huge difference for them having an adult that shows up to give unconditional positive regard And build healthy relationships with them. And I mean, that's something everybody can do in their community. There's lots of great mentoring programs out there. If if you live somewhere other than Hawaii and you're thinking, well, I could mentor, uh, look up what's available in your community and get involved that way. Uh, Helping kids in the foster care system, at-risk kids after school, all those things are great ways to help combat trafficking in your community.
3: Is there a, uh, you know, do you guys accept donations and that kind of stuff? Is there like a, a website for people to go to where they could donate?
4: Yes, absolutely. And we are a nonprofit, so we do, we do need your donations <laughs> to be able to provide services. We keep all our services as complimentary as possible for our kids and youth that are involved. So you can go to our website, which is www. Ho'olanapua.org. So I'm sure you guys will throw it up in some graphic or something, but I'll spell it. You guys spell
2: it? Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so it's H O O L A N A P U A.org. And you can go online, click donate. That'll support our programs that we're doing constantly. Um, that helps support um, the, the things that we're trying to do as far as outreach. But really, yeah, any donation, you can become a monthly donor, you can give one time. That would be amazing. We also have social media, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram to just see what we're up to, what we're doing, um, and get updates that way as well. And it's all Ho'olunapua.
3: Awesome. That's, just so you know, that's how I was going to spell it.
4: <laughs> I yeah, yeah. think like it sounds make yeah. it
3: right? <laughs> uh, but no, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate you, uh, appreciate you being here and no, we really appreciate the the work you're doing for the kids in the, the world, honestly. So it's really amazing stuff. So thank you again for being here.
4: Thank you. My pleasure.
3: Uh, before we, uh, you know, get you guys out of here, I do want to ask Lee. we got to ask you some Brown stuff. Sure. Yeah, we you need know, some takes we, from yeah, Hawaii. We, yeah, we, you know, we got to see what the thing looks <laughs> okay. like in Hawaii. So, you know, I caught a lot of hot water, you know, a few weeks ago on, on YouTube because, you know, and Zach actually came in and said this too. I said, you know. I don't want to trade Baker Mayfield, but if the Houston Texans were going to give me Deshaun Watson, that's something I would have to think of. Are you one of those people that are firmly, uh, you know, no Baker's the guy? Or are you willing to entertain those kind of crazy thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um. Apologies, Blake, but I'm in Zach and Josh's corner on that <laughs> one. I listened to that podcast. Uh, I'm uh I'm sold on Baker Mayfield. Um, and again, looking from the outside in is a little bit different than sitting in Northeast Ohio and analyzing the Browns because it's, I I believe it's a little bit more emotional the closer you are. Mm -hmm. So um, we have more of an analytic view of things. Uh, For instance, an example is we, we, uh, we do our watch parties at the Waikiki Brewing Company, eight three one Queen Street, Honolulu, Hawaii, nine six eight one three. <laughs> nice plug. Um, <laughs> and we have the entire porch, which is called a lanai, and we have the whole. There's a there's a asphalted area in the back, which we call the the muni lot. So we can awesome. we can nice. do tailgating, and we have the lanai at the same time. But we have to share. So although, and I really appreciate. Um, Lydia's assessment of how nuts it was when she was there and how enjoyable it was. We still have to maintain um, a little bit of decorum because there's going to be fans there from other teams. Uh, Likewise, when we got Baker Mayfield, um, there was a a shot of enthusiasm. I don't know, that Jets game, that Monday Night Football Jets game where he went in after Tyrod Taylor fell down and hurt himself? I mean, you could just tell the team moved faster. They, they moved in, in formation better. They, they, I don't know. There's just something about the kid. You have to remember he's had four coaches in three years. I don't know how many offensive coordinators he's had. And he came to a broken team to fix a broken team. That was, that was kind of like in the known contract. I don't know about the uh, uh, Watson. I don't
2: know. Um, You're speaking
3: my language, Lee. You're speaking my language, (laughs) brother. And and I I do want to say, you know, I was at that Jets game. So, you know, when he came into the – I've never – I've been to a lot of sporting events, college and pro, you know, Ohio State, Cavs, Indians. I've never been to a game that was as electric as just a random weekday game, you know, for a team that was 1-31 the last two years. And it was like we won the Super Bowl. And I was all in on Baker from that point. And then he struggled in his second season and but I I didn't put a lot of it on him. You know, some of it was on him, but you know, I think the atmosphere of the team was terrible. But coming into this season, I just had super high expectations. And to be honest, for like the first half, I he wasn't living up to it for me. Now going down the I still think now we're gonna talk about this going forward in one of our other episodes. There's only one or two quarterbacks, you know, I would even entertain the thought for Baker Mayfield. To me, the way he played down the stretch, he was I mean I'm no longer worried about Baker Mayfield whenever we take the field. Is he going to take care of the ball this game? Is he going to do this? Gonna... I just know that he's going to play well. And to me, he's,
2: he's been a huge part of the culture change as much as anybody, him and Jarvis. He, he was such a winner in college. You know, he just had that mentality, that it factor. And, you know, you saw that as a rookie. It kind of, you know, laid dormant a little bit last year under Freddie, but then this year just exploded once again. And it's like it's there. And we've seen it before, so we know it's there.
3: So another thing, if, you're, if you can only keep one uh, or two receivers out of the three between Higgins, Landry, and OBJ, which two are you keeping?
1: Oh, it would be uh, Landry and OBJ.
3: Okay, so you're letting Higgins walk.
1: I love the red carpet thing when they score, but <laughs> <Right>. no. <laughs> he, he, OBJ's a savant. I mean that's just that He there's something magic about OBJ. And then Jarvis, that speech he gave. Uh, what was the name of that HBO series? It was a hard, hard knocks. knocks. Yeah. The speech he gave when he first showed up for the team. You you cannot buy that leadership.
3: I completely agree. Yeah. I I know Josh is kind of probably the downest. Is that a word? Downest. Yeah. Uh, sure. Most down sure. on uh, on OBJ. But I I agree. I think there's just even when he's not putting up numbers, if you just watch the game, the reason other people are open is because so much attention is being played to OBJ. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play in this offense with this kind of Baker. He, he's yet to play with a Baker that's completely comfortable in an offense, you know, has full mastery of, and is going to have a full off season to prepare for. It. Also, we've never seen a Baker playing in the same system 2 years in a row.
2: Right, but Lee, let me get your take though. What what how do you feel about the OBJ injury history and, you know, the increasing likelihood that he will be injured at some point each season?
1: You know, we could talk OBJ and Michael Bentley. Okay, he's an Indian by the way, uh Lydia. So you might not know who he is, but I mean, everybody said Bentley's washed up. In 2018, <laughs> I mean, he, he's an outfielder. He's he's a bat. He's a he can hit the ball, and now they're talking about trading to bring Michael Bentley back to the Indians. I, oh, I'm sorry, the Cleveland baseball team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. so
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's why I yes. got that. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't way, don't even we're the Indians. We're the Indians. Yeah, we don't <laughs> even know what they're called right now. Yeah, uh, right. Forever oh, and always, the Cleveland shoot. Indians.
1: Boy. Two fupas and one podcast.
2: Um, <laughs> Welcome to our world.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> we, we built a reputation I, on fupas.
1: I just, I, I, you can't buy leadership, and and OBJ is a leader. All they talked about the entire time that he was out and injured was, man, you ought to see this dude's workout routine. You ought to see his recovery work, workout routine. So there used to be on railroads a thing at the end of the train and it was bright red and it was called a caboose and the lead engineer was in the caboose. So you can lead from behind. You don't have to be out in front to lead. And nope. again, it's the same kind of thing. Why trade that leadership? And I don't know if I answered the question or not. I don't know if that was <laughs> no. tactic number 207, but <laughs> right. <laughs> no,
3: that's no, that's good. And then, um, there was you know, one more kind of take going on in the last few weeks you know, with a, free, a possible free agent. Do you think the Browns should make a hard push for J.J. Watt or do you are you not interested in that?
1: Absolutely. Can you imagine J.J. Watt on one side and uh, Miles Garrett on the other? Oh, my God.
3: And to, to yeah. me, he's kind of a Jarvis leader. Like that's, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So like you said, how you can't buy that leadership, we might be able to buy it. You know, in right. this offseason, if we can get them <laughs> to come here. Because I think the Browns are such a young team and such a, a talented team, we almost need to focus less on drafting and in, more on infusing veteran leadership onto this team to kind of show these young guys what it takes to take that next step. Because we've never been in this position before, at least not in the last 20 years. Totally agree. And then uh, one more question. What do you see for the Browns to see? What, what's the success for, you know, 2021 is it super bowl or bust. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am old enough to remember Jim Brown playing. Um, I think to answer your question, the best answer would be just keep winning. Okay. I remember the eighties. Um, I was in the stadium for most of the eighties watching games. Uh, I think 11 and six would be considered another victory. I don't want to go back to the Hugh Jackson and the Mike Patton and the Freddie <laughs> Kitchens era at all. So so whatever they've got to do to sustain the team as a, as a winning team, I think would be the answer to that.
3: I agree. I think the you know only time in my life really, at least in the last 10 to 15 years, was that what 07 team where we went 10 and six. And we came into the next right. season with so many high expectations. We were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. People give, talking about us being a you know a dark horse Super Bowl contender. And then I think we went four and twelve or three and thirteen, something like that. <laughs> so that's what I don't want to see. I, I want to see, like you said, continue to just build on the momentum we have right now and build a, a culture and a foundation of winning where this isn't going to be a one hit wonder. This is you know this is this the way the Browns are now.
2: Yeah. And, you know, speaking of avoiding that one hit wonder, Lee, I do have one more question. I don't know if you have an answer for it or not, but is there okay. any, are there any players in the draft or any available free agents that you know of that you think would be um, practical for the Browns to obtain and somebody that we should go after?
1: This is going to sound like avoidance number 208, but um, now we have a GM that knows what the hell he's doing. He's not farmer up in the loge calling peasant down on the field on a cell phone. Um, yeah, I remember a lot. Uh, I'm going to, you know, this is the first season in a really long time that I don't want to predict what happens. I want to see what my general manager is going to do because I have faith in my general manager. I haven't had that for about 12 years. Um, I haven't had faith in the head coach. I haven't, I haven't had the same kind of faith that, that, that I have in this team. You know, I I always say, uh, Kevin Stefanski is my coach. Uh, the quarterback is my quarterback. You know, like I said, OBJ and Landry, they're my wide receivers. You know, I, I I'm just gonna sit back and eat my popcorn and I'm gonna watch the TV and see what happens.
3: Okay. I think we can live with that. It's been a an while answer, since yeah. we've been able to do that.
1: So I, th- and <laughs> yeah. I,
3: mean, I think yeah. you were a little generous when you said you haven't had faith in twelve years. I don't remember the last GM I had faith in. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. So for the you know, I'm only thirty one. This is really the first time in my life where there's been like this feeling for the Browns that we can do this. This isn't, you know, we're, we're going to take that next step. And I really think I see us. I mean, I see us being in the Super Bowl. knock on wood in the next three to five years, hopefully sooner. So, well, Hey, any other questions, guys, anything Mm -hmm. else you guys want to ask us?
1: I I do. I do want to mention all of our sister chapters because I didn't mention all of them. Is that, is that okay? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So, like I said, the Burnt River Browns backers—they're kind of like our father chapter. The Iceland Browns backers. Um, we also have in our sisterhood the British Bulldogs, and they're associated with Paul Brown. He's another podcaster. The North Cotswold Browns backers are in the dairy part of the United Kingdom. Someday I'll get there to meet them. The Welsh Browns backers, of course, are in Wales. We also have a sister relationship with the Israel Browns backers. And then the Naples Browns backers, which are out of Naples, Florida, not Naples, Italy. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned all of them. Um, no, I just want to thank you guys for uh, allowing us to do this. And and uh, it, it, again, it's incredible how Browns fans reach out and they help each other. Um, we're really super proud of Lydia. She's our first hometown hero. So she's always going to have a special place. And um, the work that she does really needs recognition. And thank you so much.
3: No, thank you guys for uh, doing this with us. We really, really appreciate it. It's been awesome.
2: Yeah. And Lydia hats off. Thank you for everything thank that you, you do in the community and in the world.
3: Yeah. And if you guys have,
2: you know, if you check out her website,
3: donate, she's doing a lot of good work. So to everybody yes. listening, please do that.
2: Yeah. Do you want to throw that out there one more time, Lydia? Cause I'm not even yeah, going to attempt to repeat so it.
4: You can, uh, you can see what we're doing at Ho'ola Napua on Facebook and Instagram And you can donate, you can do some research, you can sign up for a webinar at ho'olanapua.org, which is H-O-O-L-A-N-A-P-U-A.org. And we would just love, uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk about our work and what we're doing, share that with people beyond uh, the islands. And um, for those of you that are listening from Hawaii, please uh, check us out and see if you're interested in volunteering with us because it takes more than just one person, it takes all of us coming together as a community, as a world to um, fight, prevent sex trafficking and provide care for children. So it's not just one person that can do it all, but all of us can do something. So thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you.
3: Okay. So we want to thank everybody for checking out another episode of the dogs. Uh, We want to give a huge thank you to Lee and Lydia uh, for, you know, waking up. 8 a.m., do this show with us. It was really amazing. Uh, we also want to give a shout out to all the Browns backers that have been listening, supporting the show Ottawa, Toronto, Arizona. No, we haven't forgotten about you guys. We really appreciate everything you guys do for us. Remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a voicemail on our website, uh, thedogspodcast.com. Before we get out of here, remember to uh, show your downstairs some love. Head over to manscaped.com. Use promo code DOGS, D-A-W-G-S, to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Thanks for checking out Season 2 of the Dogs, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys next week.